Hello and welcome to the 42nd episode of Long Live Play, the number one Australian PlayStation podcast full of lukewarm takes and mental breaks hosted by myself, Govinda Whitehurst, and the Redan to my Morgot, Mr. Kale Adam. If you like what you hear, you can and should review us on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Long Live Pod. We also have a YouTube channel, which is just Long Live Play. Our SEO is bad, so scroll down a little bit, you'll find us. <laughs> With that out of the way, Kale, there you go. Kavinder, I'm fantastic because about four months ago, someone reversed into my car. And now that might not sound like a reason for joy, but this small, slight scratch that was inflicted upon my beloved Mazda 2 has, well, it took a long time, but it's finally in to be fixed. And in the meantime, I get to drive an i30. That's right. I am an i30 guy and I feel great. I feel like I deserve an i30. I've been driving, I have Apple Play, you know, I've never had that before. I have all the senses, you know what I mean. You're such an old man, how's your, like, (laughs) I watch an Apple Play, you fucking old man. So I'm good. I'm living the good life. Do you have any more info other than just i30? You got the hatch, you got the sedan, what year we got? It's a Hyundai. (laughs) Okay. That's the make, the model's the i30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Again, have you... It's the hatchback. It's the hatchback. Okay, you got the hatchback. Okay, we got some information from you so far. That's right. Now, do you have any idea on what year it is? It seems very modern. I don't know. Last couple of years. Does it have a digital dashboard? Is it it all digital? All digital, yeah. Oh, okay. That is is very modern. You're probably in at least a 2021, maybe. Mm. Pretty not bad. I don't know if you're aware of this because you're not super aware of much. (laughs) No. But I drive an i30. Is that what that is? That I didn't is know what that. It is, yeah, I drive an i30. I have, a, I have a slightly more sporty version, which is the SR, which they don't make anymore. And now mm-hmm. it's all the N line. Uh, yeah. But I, I do have an i30. So welcome to the club uh, momentarily, though. It's obviously going to go back to normal eventually. And you're going to be a regular <laughs> Mazda scrub soon enough. But enjoy it while yeah. you can. It feels good, but I am very scared to do for anything to go wrong because the excess is out of control. Like it is. Is it know, a rental? It's just a replacement until my car gets fixed. It's all covered, oh, just which lo- is pretty just nice. like a loner, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Fine. No, I'm loving it. Well. <laughs> I could be wrong. I, for some reason, feel like that's like the slogan for Hyundai, which is like, I'm loving it, but I don't think it is. I think it's McDonald's. It's definitely McDonald's. I was like, do you not know what that's from? <laughs> <laughs> like, <it's- laughs> and then I thought it was, oh, what a feeling, but I'm like, no, that's Toyota. Uh, mm. Maybe they just don't have one. The, the Koreans don't have one. Oh, okay. Is Hyundai Korean? I believe so. Yeah, I believe it's a South Korean company. Okay. It's interesting. Mazda's definitely Maybe. Japanese. Mazda, yeah, that's definitely Japanese. Well, it could be Japanese, but now... I, no, I don't think it is. Now I really want to find out, but I don't really care that much. And maybe you can just correct me next week when you look into it. Obviously, you will look into it. But other than that, I think I'm, I'm pretty good. I think I'm... It's been a good week. It's been a productive week. It really feels like we just did this. It's it really does feel like we just did this. I think it's just because it's just the, a blur of Elden Ring in between. And then I'm like, but I'm still playing that same game. There's no way we're recording another podcast. I will say, I, I still don't, you know, have much sympathy for you. But I do, <laughs> now that I have, like, something to do after we record, like, the actual, like, uploading of footage and the dealing with of the YouTube 
I like it extends into Friday for me now. We record on the Wednesday. I usually and it takes twenty four hours to like upload or what? Oh, sorry to export. So now I feel like yeah, I I this is happening into Friday, and then by the time uh, it gets to like Monday or Tuesday, I got to start writing again. So it's like it does not take you twenty four hours to export it. There's no way it takes twenty four hours to process on YouTube that you have nothing to do with, and it just does it by itself. No, you're right. You're right. It takes about it takes nearly. Like two hours to export. Yeah, yeah, that that makes it more sense. Four K, yeah. sixty frames, that high high quality. Because mm. we know our audience demands the best, and so they must have uh, it. They get to see me play. <laughs> I feel like you've you kind of set me up pre-show for having a a more in, enthralling how you're going, and and it was really just that you've got a loner car while you're getting your yeah. car fixed, which is kind of anticlimactic, really. I was. You really built it up for me, and I don't know what to do now. <laughs> I really, I, I really don't know what I was expecting either, because like I, I was at work today, and I went to see like a few, you know, younger colleagues in, you know, one of the establishments, and I was like, oh, look at this uh, cool little number. It's a, it's an i30, and they're like, oh, cool, yeah, I've got an i30, and the other was like, actually, yeah, so do I. <laughs> I was yeah, like, what very the fuck common, is happening? Very common car, yeah, you're not that special. God damn if it! You were I like, thought it was I like... have a Tesla, then that's cool, but an i30 is very, very normal. Sorry, I'm just not a fucking car head, gear head. Such you know what I mean? normie, dude. So normie. Wearing your Seinfeld hat, you normcore fuck. I got my Seinfeld mug, too. You did a weird thing and just bought a lot of Seinfeld stuff, but I'm, I'm here for it. Give into his to feeling good all the time. Just for everyone at home, that's what his mug says. So he's it just does. saying that yeah, out loud now. My, now that's my catchphrase. <laughs> But enough about me, Govinda. How have you been going? What's been going on with you? Not, not a lot. Not a lot. A lot of Elden Ring. I'm excited to talk about that in a moment. I played but... a lot of Elden Ring. I've been lucky. My last like two weeks of work were just crazy busy. Everything was busy all the time, nonstop. Uh, and since that's all settled down as of like Thursday, Friday last week, I've just been pretty much playing Elden Ring full time. Uh, so You're in the ring. Chill. I'm in the ring. I've there was a day last week when I asked you what level you were on. I was on like level like 80 maybe at the time, and you mm. were on an easy 130. And then we realized that I couldn't summon you anymore, and that sucked for me. Uh, but then I was it was maybe like a little bit of a kick in the behind that I needed to really get going. And within a matter of I want to say a day or two, maybe a yeah. day or two, uh, I've gotten up to a cool one level 122. I've beaten. The next two story bosses, I believe. Or yeah, maybe no, yeah. one story boss, and then I beat the the bane of my existence, which was that Radan fight. Uh, so It's not great. We went over it, but good, feeling great. I mean we didn't talk about it in detail, and it's been long enough now, I think, that we can I don't know, I think I'd still like to maybe have a, a discussion about Elden Ring. Perhaps a focused review style discussion. Bro, I'll talk but, about Radan right now if you want to. I don't even like I'll I'll give me a little teaser. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah, give me that. I guess, uh, are you doing anything else in your life or should we just move into Elden Ring? <laughs> in my life? Um, no, no, I'm not. Uh, I No, my life's been very, very average lately, so yeah, nothing I got special I got... to report. <laughs> I got the, the higher car. That was the, the high point. <laughs> yeah, we, I don't know what, what month are we in right now, March. It's been a, it's been a quiet month, the month of March. Uh, Nearly, um, special. I will say this before we d- dive into Elden Ring. Just a few days and Crusader Kings 3 is coming out on PS5. That is going to line up well for me because I'm, as of right now, I am camped out front of the final boss of Elden Ring. 
I hope to be done in the next day or two. Uh, and then it's time for a little break for Kale. I, I think I need, as much as I want to just start this game again with a new build, I think it's important I step away. Otherwise, I'm going to burn out and I'm going to hate it. <laughs> the thought of just starting this game again, it, it, it stresses me out. And I, there's no way on earth, there's no way that I would finish this game, roll credits. Even if I get the platinum or not, there's no way in hell I'm just going to start it again. It's just not going to happen. I would I'll, I'll do play that. it again one day, but there's just it's just not happening. I would love nothing more, honestly. I mean, well, I, I say that. I, I think I need it. You literally just said agree. moments ago <laughs> that you don't want to do that. It's all I think about. Yeah, every day I get home from work, I go to fextralife.com and I check out their build videos. They've been putting up a new video every day and it just it boggles the mind what these wizards come up with. Like all the different ways you could play this game, like themed builds, builds that are like min-max to the fucking wazoo, you know, <laughs> exactly how to get the most out of scaling and things. Yeah, so I was going to say, for, all the, uh, for all, the, the, all the punters at home, uh, maybe define min-max for us. That's one of those weird terms where I don't even th- think about it. It's like ultimately optimizing your stat spread. Like, to get the absolute statistical... No wasted stats, yeah. Yes. And I, I kind of do that already. Like, I've respect so many times just to change literally three points from one stat to another. Just to make sure... Sh- so there's nothing is wasted. Yeah, I almost... Uh, there was a part of me, because I'm using this winged scythe now, it mm. scales with strength, dex, and faith, but it scales better with dex and faith. Than yeah. it does with strength. And so part of me was like so close to just respecking, removing all my strength and just doing a dex faith build. But I started this way and I will finish this way and I'm okay with that, you know? I think that's fine. Like I had a lot more points into intelligence and I was using a weapon that scaled off intelligence, but strength as well. I feel like as long as you sort of justify like i have 20 intelligence this new weapon scales mostly off strength but there's a couple of little spells i like to use that require 20 intelligence so i don't feel like that's wasted i'm getting some scaling from it so it all adds up and it allows utility so i don't think that's the end of the world but no look i put a few a bit into decks and that just gets my casting a little bit quicker and i needed it yeah. for something i forget what it was Maybe the scythe, actually. But uh, I, I made some great progress. My scythe is fully upgraded. I'm almost yeah. fully upgraded. The best S-ranking faith seal that I could find. That's uh, impressive. None of yeah, my yeah, weapons yeah. now have better than B scaling, which is the one before S. <laughs> yeah, I got really lucky behind the volcano man. I just found the Erd tree seal. And it starts mm. off at C ranking, but once you get it up to plus five or six, it goes straight up to S and it is for the whole time. Although the other seal I had was pretty close to it at plus 17, but once you get beyond like the plus five, plus six on this one, it, it gets significantly better. Especially now that I've I've leaned into faith much heavier than strength because everything I have scales better off of faith. So Yeah. It's, uh, look, this game is weird. I go through like roller coasters of feeling like it's I can't do anything and I'm not making any progress to just having like one day where I've made more progress than I have in a week and it's it's really strange I go through days where I'm like I don't want to even play this anymore and I literally there was the other day and we'll talk about I guess we can talk about it now but the other day I was just like having the worst time playing it and I was like I'm done and I bought GTA 5's PS5 upgrade for 15 bucks while it's cheap oh yeah and I played that I played that for a little bit uh and then I was like okay well Still GTA. Still GTA. 
Uh, and I was talking to a friend of the show, Stephen, at the gym this morning, and he he had a good point where I think, like, it's old, right? GTA is, what, like, eight, nine years old now? I, I want to say it was 2013. It came out the last year of the PS3. Yeah, I think that's 2013. So, I think you're not far off there. And it really, like, doesn't, doesn't age so well in terms of, like, I, I don't know, maybe I've just grown out of GTA, where, like, yeah. running people over in the street and, like, punching innocent bystanders doesn't really, like... <laughs> appealed to me like it once did in my youth but even also like he, he brought up that every black person in that game is a gangster like is okay. a thug in the hood yeah right and like all right and it's just like a weird kind of thought now where i'm like oh that's the only representation they have in there is just being thugs you got that uh 2022 brain i see i know right it's weird and I was like, <laughs> it's true and it's it's just a weird like i don't know it's weird to go back i'll, I'll play it again it surprisingly holds up well that's a good point i think like just off the top of my head, though, and I haven't beaten the game. I, what for whatever reason, I've barely played GTA Five. Like I fucked around with it, but never really like played through the story. Aren't like most of the white characters like really shitty though? <laughs> like I feel like everyone is a like Michael and his family suck, and then yeah, you go yeah, the meet whole Trevor. Yeah, like they're all bad people. Bad That's representation true. too. It's like no one's good in this world. It's like <laughs> yeah, it just it, I don't know. It just seems like a like the first thing that you do is a heist, right? And you're there like in the past as with Michael and Trevor and some random dude, and like you end up just like shooting a security guard just doing his job. And I was like, it's like oh poor guy, like the security guard probably had a family. Yeah, look, he was just. <laughs> it's interesting to think about. We were saying last week, like a uh, GTA Six. It'll be really interesting to see which way they go with it, like how, where it's set, what they do. Like, yeah, it'll be really interesting because we also, well, yeah, I, f- I feel like the world has never been more ripe for that GTA satire right now. Like, it's good when they do it. Like, it's good. <laughs> it's it's real. I'm gonna be really interested to see what they do as well. Uh, I think it's going to be a surprise. Like, I just I, I feel like playing this game from eight years ago and just the way everyone is and all the characters are and then eight years goes by we go through a pandemic and global warming is mm. at its worst and there's a war. global po- <laughs> politics are at their worst and sorry sorry general- there's a new war the war that was on during gta 5 that's over <laughs> there's a new war <laughs> uh the internet's crazy that it's ever been it's gonna be really interesting to see what they come up with I even remember the reveal for GTA 5 just being, like, blown away. And the game actually holds up relatively well with the upgrade on it. Yeah, so I is it really... just the, the standard 4K60 suite? Uh, as far as I can tell, they do, a like, a performance mode, fidelity mode, and then they do a performance ray tracing mode. Uh, and I don't have all the numbers about what they're doing, but I was playing in performance ray tracing because it looked real nice. And, like, looks good, plays good. This is not, like, the... The remastered collection <laughs> it is actually, it's functional. It plays well. <laughs> the it'd want to be. This is the flagship. If this was like, like not good, that would be tough. It surprisingly just like looks pretty good still. Like you just chuck a new coat of paint on it, put some ray tracing in there, and all of a sudden you've got yourself a next gen game. And it's pretty impressive considering this was a PS3 game, like when it came out. What a simpler time. You've made me think now. Like Obama was still president, and Lindsay Lohan sued Rockstar Games because of the likeness. Like, Using her likeness. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I think even satire is satirizing her in the radio shows like it's pretty strongly implied to be someone like her kind of thing it's their radios are the 
best. And like, honestly, it's that's so what I'm good. looking forward to. <laughs> Maybe the most in GTA 6 is because their radios are so good. One, they have sick music on there and you can find a good channel for something. There's so many radio stations and there's so many like just shows on there that you can listen to and things. And I feel like it's relatively rare that you're hearing things again too many times. So it feels pretty fresh, except the commercials, obviously. Yeah, it, yeah, they do it. They do a very good job, and I think it, it shows in things like Red Dead Redemption too. Like their world building is second to none. Like they're very, very good at building a believable, if not hilariously satirical world. <laughs> uh, well, okay, that's fun. Good for you trying something new. Not me. I've just been s- smashing my head against the final boss in Elden Ring, which I cannot. It's been a. It, this is my greatest roadblock, and I was kind of saying to you, I feel like you're gonna get to it and just beat it, and like other friend Callum, I feel like he is also just gonna get to it and beat it, and I'm gonna be humiliated because I've not struggled oh. with any boss like this. Well, you have. Oh no, maybe not like this. I was gonna say Morgoth seemed to have get, got you for a little while. Morgoth, like I, I literally tried the last boss twenty times last night. Just. Straight and I can't summon anyone. I got to the point where I was like, okay, I just need to fucking get this over with. So I'm going to summon someone in, and there's no symbols, or I'm too high level, or and that's Did the you other maybe thing. Maybe miss the summoning pool somewhere, or nope. I'm standing like they appear, but they just whether there's connection errors or it's so high traffic that they're being summoned before they're I. They're being get summoned to them. too quickly. Yeah, yeah, that's more likely. Um, uh, well, what you said, you're 150. I'm leaving it at 150 because I read on Reddit that that's sort of going to be the meta for PvP, and I kind of want to leave a character at sort of you know. So if you want to go do invasions, end game, and just fight people. In theory, if you respec, do you have to use all your points? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Siri, no! <laughs> She's become self-aware. <laughs> Yikes. I, what did I say? Can someone let me know what I said <laughs> to make my Siri go off just then? What we could do, because I know we were thinking about streaming Returnal co-op, because that's mm. a thing that's available now. But what we could do is you could just come and help me catch up to where you are. And then you help me. And then we can help each other get through this boss. Off the top of my head, I did mean to Google this, but I believe in old Souls games, the level range, it was 30 levels. So we might actually be pretty close. We're good. I'm 122. If you're 150, we're within 30. Yeah, I actually, I believe I'm 148, but I want two more levels. Well, that's fine. Even if you got two more, we're still within 30. So if we use that as a baseline and through the magic of editing, I've done some research. We've found (laughs) out what I need to be at. I actually need to be at level 128 for Kale so I can be, so I can summon a level 150. Uh, It takes into account my weapon upgrade level as well. So that's kind of where that went in. Uh, But yeah, we can do that. I can get to 128 in. I like that. 30 I think minutes. the part of me that distrusts you, uh, like I'm willing to do all that, but when we get to the final boss, I need you to help me so that I can finish the game, and then I'll come back and help you finish the game because I feel like you'll just leave me, <laughs> leave me at the fin- leave me at the finish line or something. We help you get it, and then I'm left out in the cold. <laughs> it's uh... yeah. The thing that I need from you though, on the inverse of that, is I need a guarantee that you will. See it through. Like, I will help you do it, but you, you're going to stick with you're gonna, You might have to fight it another 40 times for I've me to do it. it. <laughs> I've already done it. I know. So that's big. what I'm saying. And I feel like you're over it. And so, my concern is that I'll help you. You'll get, I'll summon you like five times. And you'll be like, oh, I'm going to go to you. And I'll be like, no, you can't leave. Like, you have to commit to me beating this boss now. We'll see how it's, it goes. 
this game is catnip to me. I've fought so many of these bosses. So, like, I just hung out on some optional bosses and helped other people do it because someone helped me. And I was like, yeah, it's nice to give back, well, you know? Well, I got to a point where I actually overleveled myself a little bit, I think. And I got to Morgoth and I died real quick, went and found a bunch of levels. And then I went back and I was like, oh, I'll see if I can summon anyone. But, like, I, I was too high a level, so I couldn't summon anyone. So, I had to fight Morgoth alone. And so I did that alone and, you know, that was a, that was felt insurmountable and my heart was pumping and I did it. So maybe I can do it without you. And then if, if I beat that final boss without you, I'm not helping you. <laughs> uh, interesting. <laughs> just an interesting point that I'm really looking forward to. Like once I finish this game, I'm going to crack the lore open and I'm just going to watch all the videos I've been saving and read all the articles I've been ignoring. But like, what's the deal with the... Margit, Morgoth, all these Dark Omen dudes that look exactly the same. At first, I thought they were the same person. This isn't a spoiler, but there's bosses that look similar, and I don't understand what their connection is. It certainly doesn't tell you. Melena, Marika, Melania, is that another one? Oh, no, that's that's Melania Trump. Sorry. Are you ready? (laughs) Doesn't look anything anything like Melania. (laughs) Um, This is a fun, fun little tidbit, and it'll lead... Very nicely into our uh, quickfire news, Govinda. But there's an, a story going around, I didn't include it, uh, that George Railroad Martin, the author of A Song in, of Ice and Fire, a.k.a. The Game a of Song Thrones of Fire series. And Ice? You know what I fucking mean. How dare you cover me like that? <laughs> uh, someone asked him in an interview whether he had intentionally but sort of sneakily inserted a bunch of names into Elden Ring referencing himself, so... Yeah, like his initials, G-R-M. And that's why all the yeah. names are Millennia, Radan, Godfrey, Godric. Yeah, like it, they're all his initials. And he was like, of course, that's not the fucking case. But at the same time, I've been coming up with names for like 50 years. So I've come up with dozens of characters that have dozens of names starting with different letters. Anyway. This dude definitely did that. I don't care what he says, but he definitely did that. I will say, just in a weird, I guess it's not a weird coincidence, but I started listening to Game of Thrones again, the audiobook, and uh, somehow that led me to reading, I was like, when the fuck is this next book coming out? Like, it's been, I think it's nearly 12 years now that we've been waiting for The Winds of Winter, the sixth book. Uh, And he just put up, like, a blog post, and it's fucking horseshit. (laughs) He's just, like, talking about how he's got two other books coming out this year. One's, like, a who's who of Westeros, and the other is, like, an illustrated guide to the fucking prequel HBO show that's coming out. And, like, he has, like, one sentence, and it's like, it'll come when it comes. And everyone in the comments was just like, what the fuck? Like, it would be better if you just said, I don't, I don't really want to do it. He's gonna die before he makes these books. It was interesting to see what people were saying, because they were like, the the ending came out with the HBO show. It was received poorly. That must be fucking devastating as the writer to be like, all right, well, I know everyone hates that, so I got to, like, redo it. But at the same time, fuck everyone. <laughs> and I don't want to give it to the show, though. But that is his ending. He told them how it ends. That's my understanding. Yeah. Okay. They didn't, They didn't like, go off on a tangent or anything. Look, like, to, look that's fair. And, and the ending... Look, the ending itself was never my biggest problem with the way the Game of Thrones show ended. It was that they did it in one season. It was rushed, and that was the problem. Like, her going crazy was fine, but she... Ooh, I don't know if anyone's still watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Who's her, Commander? But, 
Never mind. So that thing happened, but it should have happened over a whole season rather than two, seemingly two episodes, three episodes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like the Night King deserved way more than a one episode, one episode of darkness, pure darkness. <laughs> the Night King deserved better is what you're saying. Yeah. We'll move along, but it is, I will just say like, fucking hell, these books are, you forget, but these are like, there's a reason this story took off the way it did. Like, there is more foreshadowing in the first, like, three chapters of this book. And especially knowing now how it all ends, like, just his, the phrasing is just referencing things that are going to happen books later. And it's ingenious. Like, he had to have came back and, I don't even know how you write something like that. It's very impressive to me. Maybe he's hidden the last two books in all the other books. So, he's actually like, I'm not writing them. They're already written. You just have to find. All right, enough about George Martin, but back to Elden Ring. Govinda, are you ready for some quickfire news? The Elden Ring community has been shook to its very core by the discovery of what are possibly glitched illusory walls. Now, we know that some walls are invisible, and you could hit them, and you you find a little secret, and that's fine, and that, you know, you spend a The wall's not invisible. The wall is there. You have to hit it. And it's a fake wall wall that is an illusion. It's it's an illusion. Sorry, I should have said it's (laughs) an illusion. (laughs) So this, you know, of course, if you play these games, you just kind of hit some walls if they look suspect. But this video appeared and it's been confirmed and there's been other examples found since of a character hitting the wall 50 times before it actually faded away and there was something behind it. And this has broken people's brains because that just means... All those soapstone messages that are like secret Bro, ahead. Exactly. It's fucked. <laughs> it's like maybe they so were real. For <laughs> everyone who's never played a Souls game or Elden Ring on the ground, if you're playing, if you're multiplayer and online turned on, you'll see a message on the ground. You go up to it, and often it'll say "hidden path" up right up against a wall, and you yeah. think someone's trying to be nice to you and tell you where a hidden path is, but you hit the wall and it doesn't work, and then you're like, you're like, oh, oh you were hidden you were joking. And you walk away. Yeah, you were trolling. But now. The only way to be sure that that is not real is to hit the wall 50 times, which is fucked. Yes. Now, I, I frequent the Elden Ring subreddit, and the consensus seems to be that this is a glitch. This is not intended. Although it's weird, because you're like... I mean, there's certainly things behind these illusory walls, but they think the fact that you have to hit it so many times is the glitch. So, counterpoint as well. I, I don't know about all of them. I only know about one of these walls that you have to hit 50 times. It's in Volcano Manor. And it gets you into a room that you don't need a special way into. Like, you can just walk ah. into this room in the hallway, but the wall breaks and you get into this room. And so, that maybe adds credence to it being a glitch where the wall maybe isn't even meant to break. Yeah. But he hit it 50 times and then it broke. Did we talk last week about the patch and the changes that were in it? I couldn't remember. I think that might have happened just after we recorded. I feel like we didn't. But maybe we did. Do it quickly. So, there was a patch. It's 1.03 is the current situation. It was pretty meaty. It added a lot of things, like new NPCs, or at least one, sorry, and additional appearances of other NPCs along their quest lines. I think there's more summons symbols so they can be brought into boss fights. The big one is that there are icons on the map now, so you know where these NPCs are. Well, you know there's an NPC there and then you hover over it and it tells you which one, but there's so many that I never remember where they are and who they are. I already can't 
remember what it was like before this. It's like, <laughs> this should have been in from launch, really, because I feel like I oh, lost yeah, yeah. all my NPCs immediately. Like, Yeah, there's so many, and it's aggressive, but uh, it's, it's there now. It's all good. And it feels like the frame rate is better, at least. Yeah, I actually didn't notice that. I thought maybe that had not been helped, but I don't know that I really had as much of an issue with the frame rate anyway. It hasn't really. It I thought it might better. be a placebo. I haven't, like, I haven't noticed as much, but maybe like maybe that I'm out of Limgrave and stuff, maybe it's because the maps are a little bit smaller where I am. I don't know. It doesn't feel as bad. Yeah, Still have drops, yeah. but it definitely doesn't feel as, as crazy as it used to be. Moving right along, Govinda, uh, there is a new Witcher title in development. Uh, how do you feel about that top level? <laughs> So, interesting thing to note for the new Witcher title is it is CD Projekt Red, uh, and it isn't being made on their Red Engine or whatever they call their development engine. It's going to yep. be made on Unreal Engine 5, 5, 5. So, I don't know how I feel about that. I haven't looked too much into it. Unreal Engine 5 seems like a finicky beast from what I can tell. I See, I again, I've only done a little bit of reading about this, and when I say reading, I mean cruising Twitter and... Uh, the consensus there, at least anecdotally, was this would allow... It might actually be a good thing. Like, maybe it's not as impressive as what they were using, but there'd be more support and, like, more people use it. So, the issues they run into, there would be people they could call and be like, hey, what the fuck? Yeah, that is true. The, the actual level of support there is good. And I think Unreal Engine is probably, like, top of its class in that space anyway. So, it's probably going to look better as well. I'm just going to say it. I was getting confused with the Frostbite engine, which is notoriously difficult. I think Unreal uh, Engine 5 yes. is like the the industry standard for the best engines in the biz. CD Projekt has said that this will be the beginning of a new saga in the Witcher franchise. The Geralt's story ended in The Witcher 3, so, I mean, it has to be Siri now, right? Or I could see a universe where you're just uh, not the fucking world-saving Witcher. Like, I would love a story where you're just a regular Witcher. Dude, just doing well, the you job. need to have bigger stakes than that. Like, it's going to have to have some sort of big event happening you've got to deal with. But yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to just... 50 years in the future, Geralt's dead. Siri's maybe there, but as an NPC, like, she's like training the witches in Kaer Morhen. Okay. Like, that would be cool. I would like to distance myself from this saga and just start something kind of fresh in that world. I think that would be really cool. I think my hold up is Siri's a bit much. Like, by the end of... And spoilers for a seven-year-old game, but Siri is almost a god at the end of The Witcher 3. Like, that's kind of why I I didn't want to go that way. I did, like, depending how you finish the game, the ending is different for everyone. But, like, I was with Siri at the end of the game and we were, like, doing Witcher shit together. Yeah, yeah. So, I think, I don't know, I think it'd be better off just to end that end Geralt's saga completely, kind of distance yourself and have, like, a few maybe recurring characters just to be like, oh, yeah, remember? But just do something a bit fresh and different. I would be remiss if I did not mention this, but uh, Erin, my wife, actually pointed this new story out to me. I hadn't seen it yet. And she was like, you excited for this? And I was like, honestly... They gotta sell me on this. Like The Witcher Three was a long time ago, and Cyberpunk was a shit show. I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know that this is gonna be a good game. I don't know that it's gonna be even a decent or functioning game. They've lost a lot of goodwill. And then she they was have, like, "But oh, then she was like, don't you love The Witcher?'" I was like, "Well, no. The first two Witcher games suck. <laughs> They're not good video games. They're interesting. The second had a better story, but they play like shit. The Witcher Three was." Really, in my opinion, all that CD Projekt can hang their hat on. For sure. And it 
I, I've made the joke a million times where I say I'm looking forward to Cyberpunk 2077 3. And it but never I, gets like, old. They, it never does. And I'm going to keep saying it. I gonna. I wish someone had a tally of how many times I've said it. And I'm going to say it every time <laughs> CD Projekt Red comes up. But this is going to be like, it's not not The Witcher. And so they've got the fundamentals down. They probably yeah. can save a bunch of time. Oh, maybe not if they're changing engines. Uh, but like they've got all the beasts down. They've they've got so much established that I feel like it would be difficult for them to really fuck up the gameplay side of things. The other side, which I'm more concerned about, is the story side because now they don't have source material to work off. Yeah, and wasn't there some fuckery with um Sapowski, Sap- Sapkowski, the author? Yeah, like I, I think they're not on good terms. <laughs> yeah, because he's a bad businessman, and then he made a bad decision a long time ago and regretted it, but he'd made that decision. He got offered some meager amount of money for them to use his work in video games. And then yeah. The Witcher 3 came out and blew the fuck up. And he was like, you need to pay me more. And they were like, but this is what we agreed to. But there was that loophole, which in Polish law, he is al- uh, he actually got money out of them. Because uh, yeah, you're allowed yeah. to like renegotiate it if it happens. And also, this led, this is around the time, speaking of Obama, my favorite image on the internet is when Obama went to Poland. And they gave him a copy of The Witcher 3. It's like, this is our cultural <laughs> export. And he's just looking at it like, what the fuck is this? It's... Uh, I really hope that in his retirement, he sat down. He really sunk some time into that. I got it. You got to hope so. You got to hope uh, so. I, I think it's a rough game to start if you've never really played video games. It's a pretty technical one to get in on. But hey. <laughs> All right. Enough about that, Kavinda. Uh, next up. We got the announcement of... Whoa, whoa, the- whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, whoa, sorry. Whoa, sorry. Whoa. whoa. Dude, you, you know- forgot that The Witcher oh, the 3's secret. final secret's been discovered years later. Seven to eight years later, in fact. Now, look, I want to tell you what this is. this is. This is a story. This happened. I thought it was interesting. If I tell you what this secret is, it sort of spoils a part of the expansion Blood and Wine. Is that acceptable? Dude, I don't care, bro. Like, just say it. I've read it already. I know what this is about. Oh, well, I didn't know. I thought you might be having a fucking Witcher no, 3 time when it finally about, comes. I will. PS5. I will. I'm going to, but I'm going to. Uh, there's so many things in games. Like, yeah, you can spoil some of them. It's fine. If 1% of the things that I, I'm interested in in video games get spoiled, I'll be fine. That's fine. All right. So, at the end of Blood and Wine, you as Geralt have a choice. The The whole DLC revolves around this character, Vivian, who has been turned into a, a, a horrible bird woman, which is um, <laughs> sort of at the core. And the, your decisions are how you deal with this. You can either... You can try and cure her of it. You can remove the curse, but it has the unfortunate side effect of shortening her life. She is given seven years to live as a human being. So you can do that and that can be your ending. And what was fascinating was the seventh anniversary of this game was just last week. Oh, sorry, of this DLC. And uh, someone, a YouTuber, Letalis, found that if you go to Skelliger, and this character mentions that she's going to go to Skelliger, seven years later in the real world... In real time. You find her dead there. Like she's... Yeah, you can find her body and she's lived out her life. And she's gone. And I thought that was fucking awesome. It's really cool. The the developers is, actually... Look, it is pretty cool. Attention to detail. I'm going to call yeah. this episode, episode 42, just spoiler cast. <laughs> yeah, great SEO for us. We're really good at that. <laughs> we're going to spoil everything. Every game that we've played, we're going to spoil it. I actually think I'm going to call this 
Elden Ring, George Martin, Witcher 3, CD Projekt, and that's going to be our, <laughs> our SEO titles. We're going hard into SEO for these titles. Uh, okay, so moving along now, uh, we got the announcement of The Quarry, which is a new game from Supermassive Games. They obviously made Until Dawn, which you and I both loved and have Obviously, recently- everyone knows that, obviously. Do they? No, that's why I was making fun of you saying obviously. Oh. Your sarcasm is so dawn. thin. I don't even know. I don't even know. So I didn't have a Red Bull and I didn't have a coffee <laughs> today. And that's where we're at, dude. I don't know what to tell you. Where do you come down on the Dark Pictures anthology? Let's fucking get into it. So you're going to say, obviously, Supermassive, who made Until Dawn, but you're not going to tell me what this Dark Pictures anthology is? Well, that's what I mean. So Until Dawn came out 2016. Everyone loves it. In the meantime, they kind of fucked off into some VR fuckery but in the meantime supermassive has been working on the dark pictures anthology which are oh, bite size this is that game that we played randomly yes. at your place yeah, yeah these yeah. are little until dawns in a new setting every year i've now played all of them and i think they're not as good there's no getting around that but i think they're getting better the one you and i played together was the worst yeah, it was... So, that's all I've got to go off is the one that we played together. And I don't think we finished it. We probably put in, like, four hours or something. Yeah. It was not fun. I didn't enjoy yeah, it. it wasn't great. That was the second one. It was about the witches, the name. It was called Little Hope. Uh, that's I the one. Yeah, no, one. it wasn't good. So, my what was my thought on that? It, it, bad. Don't do it anymore. Instead of spending three years on three average games, spend three years on one good one. Yeah, I will say this. I played... Man of Medan with Aaron, and I found it scary and good. It was a little bit, yeah, it was a little bit janky. And then I played the second with you and a group of people. I think there was too much split focus. Like people weren't, you know, actually paying attention the whole time. Because I played the third one with Aaron. Because again. it wasn't great, though. Well, there was that too. But I played the third one again, just the two of us, and it was awesome. We, uh, I think the key is I need to just play this with Aaron, <laughs> and then we have a great time. <laughs> like it's. Well, it's, that's very possible too, because I actually played Until Dawn with my girlfriend at the time. Yeah. And it was awesome. We had a great time. Yeah. She didn't really play it, but she enjoyed being there and making decisions because I would force her to make the decision before the time ran out. Uh, but it was that was sick. The, it's possible. And we were also... Callum was there and he is notoriously annoying. So, <laughs> Yes, that's true. It's very <laughs> he true. He was very vocal about his dislike of the game very early on and <laughs> for a incessantly really throughout so that might have to be fair in i believe it <laughs> i believe he has struggled with adhd his whole life <laughs> so asking him to sit down and watch that is like it's a lot <laughs> yeah sit down and watch this don't play it just you'll just be watching and also it's very slow yeah super fans will of course remember that my first date with Aaron was playing until dawn Kavinda. you'll of course remember that but maybe you wouldn't you shit. We don't have to get into it now, but it's <laughs> your quote-unquote first date with Aaron is... I don't know when that would have been, technically, because the beginning of that whole relationship <laughs> was ambiguous at best. It's water under the bridge. When was the first one, Kale? Because I thought your first date oh. was watching some one of the Star Wars, maybe. I had many first dates, you know what I mean? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, you've at least had two with Aaron. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So what this is, Govinda, this is the true successor to Until Dawn. This is not this is not a bite-sized little mealy mouth thing. This is meant to be a full-priced deal. And I'm very excited. I watched this trailer and it looks great. Yeah, look, I'm I'm keen for it. I haven't looked at the trailer. I liked Until Dawn, so I'm I'm definitely going to 
probably maybe think about playing it, especially because I know you'll buy it, so I'll get it for free. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Here's an interesting one. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo is out. This is, of course, a PlayStation exclusive by Bethesda, so it's like it's got a bit of that stank on it, you know what I mean? They did it on purpose. Yeah, reviews are mixed is how I would describe it. It's currently sitting at a 76 on Metacritic, which is good. That's not a bad game uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But I watched um, IGN's review, and this game looks fucking weird. I kind of had this yeah. feeling. I had this feeling about it that the just the, the combat, it looks cool in like a quick fire trailer, but actually the watching long term. Like, Yeah, watching a full combat encounter, it looks weird. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how to describe it. Go watch a video. It's hard to. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I'm probably not going to watch anything else or play this game until it comes onto PlayStation Plus for free. Mm. I, uh, yeah, look, this is why you wait for the reviews. I was like, I thought it always looked interesting and like the, the combat to me looked interesting, but again, maybe there was just short bursts of it. And yeah, it just felt like the story maybe wasn't going to be there. And the world was obviously, it was a convenient excuse to have an empty world. Like, oh, everyone's gone. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Crazy. Oh, you woke up and now no one's anywhere and the, it's just an empty city. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, so look, it's fine. But there's a probably botched it on purpose because they hate playstation obviously uh <laughs> having been bought by the enemy xbox or uh, microsoft and then it's going to come out in xbox and it's going to get all this dlc and make it cool and fun again oh because i'm my assumption is this is a timed exclusive for one year would be my assumption because godfall is going to xbox like next week i think another average playstation 5 exclusive apologies because it was in a review i don't know if it was the ign one but it was not my words but the uh the recreation of Shibuya and that part of Tokyo is incredible. It's like apparently almost street for street reconstruction. Like I've I've been there and it looks exactly the same as being there, but apparently it's like scarily accurate how well it's been recreated. That part of cool. Tokyo. So um, okay, well, I, I'd like to go there in fun. person, not necessarily in a game. And I think the best recreation of it, and the I'd say perfect recreation of it, is Persona Five. Having never been to Japan, I think Persona Five has done it perfectly. Persona 5 does it. Like, you know, you know. do you remember Inokashira Park? Where you're like, there's a lake? No. I was joking. I assume Persona 5 is very stylized and not even like it at all. It was a joke. <laughs> I, I was dry humor. You missed it completely. With the um, Kichijoji, which is like the new area in Royal. Like, there's a town area that you can run around in. I haven't played it. Oh, that's right. You played the fucking dud version. Yeah. You. I, I, well, I, I, that's not... No, 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 no. Let's not start <laughs> with this. How, when, how, what do you think of the ending of Persona 5, royal or otherwise? Doesn't matter, Gavinda. Let me make yeah, my point, Yeah, I didn't point, think so, would you, you fucking peasant. I can't believe you. No, I'm not going to let you make the point. We're going to move this right along because we've been talking for so long and we haven't even hit the news that we care about yet. It's time for the news we care about. Gavinda, we need to talk about State of Nay 4, as we're no. calling it. I'm not calling it that. I'm not even going to call the episode that, but continue. Of course, last week we talked about how we're stuck in a time loop. We were stuck between state of nays. Uh, and so we had not yet gotten to see the 14 minutes of new gameplay of Hogwarts Legacy. We since have. And uh, it looks fucking pretty good. Hey. <laughs> so I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about this because one, it looked great. But two, the developer Avalanche have nothing in their history that leads me to believe that they are capable of making this a good game. So One of their last I'm... titles was a, a Cars game. That's the 
Pixar yeah, series. Exactly. So cars. <laughs> it looks great. Like it looks really, really good. Like and I'm optimistic about it, but I'm cautious because I just don't know if they have what it takes to make this a really good game. You know what I mean? It There is that element where it almost looks too good to be true, but it's weird because we've also now seen it running, so I don't really know what I'm worried about. Vertical slice. Yeah. Well, but you do see a lot of it. That's true. They, sh- they take you yeah. all over the place. And it's a decently long, like, it's a 20-minute state of play. I, I was almost going to call it state of nay. A 20-minute <laughs> state of play with, like, five minutes of that being dedicated to just talking to the developer. So it was good, like, yeah, 15 minutes of actual gameplay. Someone's talking over yeah. the top, telling you what's going on and what, what's happening. I thought it looked really good. I th- um, we talked offline about this, and I think maybe I was being a bit too critical, but I thought the combat looked a little samey to me. You later told me there are a lot more spells in it. In my mind, I only saw them use a couple over and over yeah. again. But- and, and part of that might be it's hard to really distinguish what spell is being cast other than a colour, and some of them are colourless. Like, I thought there was a bit in there where the little boy wizard dudes just throwing spells out all over the place but in between the spells getting thrown out he is blocking other spells and it looked sick dude i was like this looks so good (laughs) the problem i had was there was a bit where they start talking about like oh and you can like explore hogwarts and get out of the castle get out of the castle and explore around whatever and you'll find like dungeons with puzzles and i swear two or three clips in a row and after they said the word like puzzles and dungeons was just accio it was like Accio, Accio, Accio. And I'm like, uh, either Is bad editing or dungeons are real boring and you're just pulling yeah. shit closer to you. <laughs> so after the show, Kavinda, it was clarified by our old friend Chandler Wood. Do you remember Chandler Wood? Nope. You could go back almost 40 episodes of this podcast when we used to have a little section called the feature of the week. We used we to read his stuff all that. the time. We, that's the section that may not be named. Anyway, Chandler's now moved on. He's now working as the community manager for this very game. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy is, yeah, it's like his big break. But anyway, he clarified that this game is single player and that there are, will be no microtransactions. And I was like, that's obvious to me. Until I dug a little deeper into some criticism that was going on here. Apparently in that trailer, when you're mixing potions, there are timers. And so people were like, it's like, you know, check back in 30 minutes. <laughs> And that got people on edge. Oh, <laughs> like, like the old Farmville thing where it's like, yeah. oh, okay, plant your farm and it'll be ready in 35 minutes. Yeah. and uh, But apparently that is not the case. There just does seem to be real-time timers. Speculation is that you would, like, I don't know, put on a potion, then go to a class or something or do some story, check back. Yeah, they, sh- they showed something where the room of a requirement seems to be, like, your base. Yeah, and so you yep. go in there and you have a thing that can make potions for you and you have like somewhere where you can make grow plants that you can use. Uh, they honestly, this game looks so sick. I was I was into it. And finally on the single player thing, I didn't even think about this, but people are it's upset is a strong word. I just saw some people saying it was a missed opportunity that if this has a fully fledged Quidditch tournament in it why not make it multiplayer at least that part maybe that's too big an ask but that would be fucking cool (laughs) okay for everyone needs to cool their jets a little bit this is like the first actual harry potter game or hogwarts world game that's ever been other than the movie games so you're not going to get it all in the first game let them build a foundation if it's good they can do they can do more later honestly like this is one of those ones where you'd 
I'm glad that it's a single player. Like, I don't want a game as a service Hogwarts game. I no, don't want that a sounds destiny terrific. of Hogwarts. That it sounds, sounds awful, dude. I want to just explore the world, bro. Go to Nocturne I Alley, do, see what's up. I do. I would re- love it if they had sort of like a Blitzball-esque Quidditch mini game. That would be so sick. Like, if there's some element of team management to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, mm. you're the captain of the team, so you've got to go around oh, the school yeah. and recruit other players onto your team. And you can see how that gets to I let's verse our teams, like a, a slight multiplayer. Yeah, you can yeah, see yeah. why people oh, want like that. a little like yeah, a little Pokemon battle thing, but for Quidditch. Now, I want to know if you get to choose your house, or if based on like a questionnaire or something, they will sit you in a certain house. They show, and again, I don't think we know for sure, but they certainly showed all four different home rooms. So yeah, you and they show like all the, all the outfits and stuff. Well, no, no, I think you, I think you have the possibility of being in any of the houses. Oh, they say that. You're right. The sorting hat. Yeah, they they say that. So yeah. you'll get sorted, but I want to know if I get to choose because you better believe that I went onto the official website and I did my thing. It told me I'm a Gryffindor, <laughs> and I better fucking be a fucking Gryffindor, dude. <laughs> You're like, and I feel, I feel like I am a Gryffindor. I, I think like I that. am a hero. I think I am a hero kind of archetype for sure. Yeah, yeah. So. If I can't choose to be a Gryffindor, I'm not buying this game. So, that's all I'm saying. Uh, we'll move along. Uh, just to finish, Chandler Wood, in case you didn't remember, he was the editor-in-chief of PlayStation Lifestyle, which is a website I use regularly when putting together this show. So, it's it's cool to see in the time that we're fucking stuck doing this shit show, he's moved on in the world. So, uh, congrats to you. Rub that in my face, why don't you? Finally, Govinda, this was sort of big news and it really came out of nowhere, but Sony has announced the sudden and, quite frankly, baffling decision to acquire Haven Studios. The newly formed Montreal-based studio is currently developing its first game, a PlayStation-exclusive multiplayer title. Little is known about it, but it must be compelling for Sony to want its... Little is known about it, but it must be compelling for Sony to want to snap them up so early into development... PlayStation head Jim Ryan describes the del- PlayStation head Jim Ryan describes the developer as quote an emerging studio with an exceptional team of talent end quote and says this is the company's first Canadian studio. I don't really know. I tried to do some research on this. I don't know how to feel about this. It's so weird. It's such a strange acquisition. So it's seemingly while well, they've gotten a studio they we know nothing about it seems that they really have just h- bought the studio in a way to hire this jade raymond's lady and i don't get it because they the studio is not made anything and that, I, that or this triple a quote-unquote triple a multiplayer experience is going to be something special and they can see that yeah i'm very confused by the whole thing yeah she Comes from Google. She worked on Stadia. That was like her last big gig before she started Haven. And that was only in 2021. Like, that's very, very recent. Well, before that, she she was the producer on a bunch of Assassin's Creed games, correct? Sorry, you're right. You're right. So, after... Yeah. So, after she left Ubisoft and actually went to Electronic Arts for a little while. That one is a blemish on, on the resume, I'd say. Because she went to EA to work on Star Wars Battlefront 2 and the launch of that was bad. We were trying to figure this out, too. So, Jade Raymond is a a producer. So, as opposed to a lot of other studios, especially PlayStation Studios, she is not a creative. She is more of a suit, (laughs) which is why this is... 
she's like on the money side of things rather than the yeah. creativity side of things. Like, let's get this in under budget. Let's make sure like we and have no, the resources we need. No shade to that. That's an essential role. It's just that we're used to, you know, leads like Neil Druckmann, who is a writer. You know, well, like all of them, like Corey Barlog, Neil Druckmann, you got Hideo Kojima, like all of these names are all the like game directors. Yeah. So it's really interesting. I was saying to you, I'm sure I could Google it and find out, but I can't really think of another studio where they are more of a production person than a than an artistic lead. <laughs> and obviously there's more in the studio than just that, but it's like it's it seems uh atypical to have a producer as the the face of the studio. Like Ken Levine, another one. Like there's just so many where it's always going to be like a game director is usually the face of the studio. And so yeah. it seems a little bit strange to have a producer be in that role. I mean, it's, it's, it is too early to say, but again, this, it's, it's strange because even Housemark wasn't acquired until after Returnal came out. Like what's going on with this game that it's so essential that Sony has to have it right now before they have anything to show? Like it's... I saw this as this was just a blog post on the PlayStation blog. It just kind of came out with very little fanfare, and and here we are. <laughs> I think it's it's a confusing situation, and we don't really have much to go on. So I guess we just wait it's and see. Happened. <laughs> I guess all we can tell you is that it's something that definitely happened, and hopefully it means this exclusive multiplayer game is going to be something special. Gavinder, I don't know that there's too much more to say, to be honest. We're kind of... I, honestly, we're going to wait three to five years before we really know anything about this because this studio doesn't really exist. They'd still be hiring at this point. A pitch has been made, and it must be a good one. Wait, it's not even in development. As far as I know. You literally wrote, a newly formed Montreal-based studio is currently developing its first game, which would sound like it's in development. I mean, it's in development. It could be in the very planning stages of development. That's called pre-production. It's not development. Oh, sorry. Sorry, fucking Mr. Guy. Development Your would be on. active development. All right. Well, that's on me, I guess. That's egg on my face. <laughs> Let's get out of here, dude. This is... This almost could have been... New. This almost could have been a quick fire because we have no information on it. It's very strange. It's true. It does feel like it deserves to be a part of this segment. It, this is a first-party acquisition, but it doesn't feel like it. It's so weird, and we will tell you more when we know more, maybe, if it's worth telling. But we can't guarantee that it will be, or that we'll care, or that we'll still even be here. <laughs> oh, Jesus, that got... <laughs> Are we dying? I've got something to tell you, Kale. <laughs> Stage four. <laughs> inoperable this podcast is <laughs> stage four <laughs> if I don't see some money soon I'm out dude <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> oh, uh, alright well anyway this has been the 42nd ev- episode <laughs> of long live play and I've been me he's been him let's play oh, some video go. games fuck, fuck. Hey, do you want to play something yeah I want to stream something do you want to do it, like, right now? I need to sort out my chores, but we can figure that out. Well, offline. I probably can't do it later. It's either going to be now or never. Let's hash this out right here. Okay. No, I can't make that work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. All right, see ya. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>